0: raider nation it's that time of the week again subscribe and tune in to get the latest news and analysis on everything silver and black but yes the las vegas raiders have their guy josh mcdaniels looking for objective opinions and interviews with a-list guests just pod baby congrats on 100 episodes i'm happy for you guys keep doing your thing and thanks for having me man it was a blast look no further You are listening to Just Pod, baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast brought to you by SportsNot.com. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. And now your host, Evan Grote. Raider
1: Nation, hello and welcome back to Just Pod, baby. I hope that you are all having a nice week. And I hope that that ugly loss in Buffalo on Sunday didn't ruin your week too much. I am glad to have everyone joining me again for a brand new episode of the show, the Week 3 Preview brought to you by SportsNot.com. Please follow the show by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts from. Google Podcasts is one of them. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Those are some of the bigger platforms that we're on. Uh, you don't want to miss out on the show because you forgot to click the, uh, the subscribe button so make sure you do that also follow me on X Twitter uh, at egroat 5 I've been really busy watching a lot of tape um, and that is one of the goals that I that I have this year is I want to spend more time uh, you know jumping into the film room myself and and you know just trying to learn a little bit more about what's going on here in these Raiders games and I'm, I've been tweeting out clips of, of specific plays and whatnot. And I've been getting a lot of engagement with, with you guys. And, and, and so I, I plan to uh, continue doing that. And, and then lastly, if you haven't had the chance, please check out the website dedicated to the podcast, just podbaby.com baby.com. And, and let me know what you think. Uh, the contact page there on the website is a great way to reach me with any questions or comments or concerns that you may have uh, for me, uh, you know, regarding the podcast. So, so get a hold of me there this week on the show. Um, I'm. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time rehashing the 38 to 10 loss to the Bills. It, it's. It's really a pretty quick assessment uh, of that game. The Raiders were completely dominated uh, at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. It's really that simple. What went wrong in the game? I'll get you some some more of my my thoughts uh, in a little bit here, uh, but I, I do also want to take some time in the first segment of the show to talk about the Raiders' struggles. Uh, on on both sides of the ball, in the trenches, on the offensive and and defensive line, uh, right now, um, you know, it, it's neither of of those two uh, units are are looking really good right now, and uh, and I'm going to discuss why I believe that if they do not get that fix in a hurry, it could make for a very long season uh, for the Raiders, and then as we do uh, always. Uh, on the the preview shows here. We're going to go uh, in-depth behind enemy lines, if you will, taking a look at this week's opponent, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They, too, have an offense that's struggling right now, and we will get a good little rundown of them, a good scouting report on them with our guest, Ray Fittipaldo, uh, who covers the Steelers for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I had him on a couple years ago. He does a great job covering the team, so I'm I'm looking forward uh, to our conversation with him. Uh, let's let's get it started though now by by kicking it off here on the show with with some headlines from the week. It does appear Devontae Adams is, is okay. Uh, he will be good to go on Sunday night uh, after he left the game on Sunday in Buffalo. Took a nasty shot to the head. Another really dirty play. It was last week. It was Jacoby Myers who took the dirty hit. This week it was Devontae Adams. Um, so. Uh, he did leave the game. That's um, you know, we didn't know the status of him following the game, but he he did. He's been practicing this week, so uh, the Raiders avoid a scare there. Now, Jacoby Myers, who missed the game in Buffalo, uh, still working through the protocol. He you know did get some limited practices in uh, again as he works his way through the process. So um, it looks like he's trending in the right direction. I would expect him. Uh, to play on, on Sunday night if all things continue to you know, move in the right direction and there's no setbacks with him. Um, so that's an update on, on the two guys who were dealing with concussions. And, and of course, they're going to need both of those receivers because if they are not available, you got a major problem, but it does look like they will play. In other news... Um, Wednesday, we 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 learned that the Raiders. A lot of people have been asking about what's going on with Chandler Jones. I mean, we we see the stuff that he's putting out there on social media, but the team hasn't really given out any information. They just keep saying it's a personal matter. Uh, they finally decided to make a move with the roster with Chandler Jones. He was placed on the NFI list, which means that Jones will have to miss at least the next four games uh, before he's eligible uh, to return and. You know, again, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, Um, and and I don't want to come off as insensitive uh, because I'm I'm not you know I'm very um, you know I have some empathy for what he's he's going through right now. Um, I'm being empathetic, but to me, this guy is done with the Raiders. You know, I would be absolutely shocked at this point to see him play another snap with the Raiders. And even going beyond that, I I don't even know if he'll play another snap in the NFL. He's he's the stuff that he is saying. You know, it's uh, you know I don't have the background. Uh, He's putting some pretty um, serious claims out there, but um, you know he's he's bad mouthing the coach, bad mouthing the organization, the owner. I can't imagine. Um, there, there's going to be another organization out there that's going to take a risk on a 32 year old pass rusher who, you know, at least last year wasn't that productive. So, you know, I have no clue exactly, you know, what he's going through. I'm not even going to begin to speculate what he's going through. All I know is that, again, he wasn't productive last year. He's he's become a distraction to the team, in my opinion. Uh, They have two other young defensive ends in Malcolm Kuntz and Tyree Wilson, who I would much rather see those guys get, get the reps, see what you have in those guys. Um, So whatever it is that Jones is, is going through, I hope that he can get his, his life together. It seems like his life is a little off track right now, uh, in my opinion, Uh, What we're seeing right now is a lot of bizarre and and, uh, erratic behavior. And so, you know, you you hope for the best for him, but that's really all I'm going to say about that. Um, I I do want to move on here uh, in segment one to just some of my thoughts on Sunday's loss uh, to the Bills. You know, I told you last week that I, I thought the Raiders were going into a really, really tough situation given the circumstances. Um, that, uh, you know, Buffalo coming off that uh, really bad loss to the Jets, going back home, playing uh, in front of their home crowd in in the home opener. I just thought it was it was a recipe for disaster for the Raiders. And, uh, you know, it was an ugly game. It was a very uninspiring performance by the Raiders, to say the least, with the exception of the opening drive, which was just A beautiful drive. You know, five plays, they marched right down the field. You saw Trey Tucker get involved. Um, It was just a beautiful drive capped by the touchdown pass to Devontae Adams. With the exception of that opening drive, though, as a team, I don't think there was any other positive takeaways from the game. I mean, can you think of anything else throughout the course of that game that you can can look to and say, oh, you know what, that was – that was something to build on. I, I can't, you know, th- there may have been a couple of individual performances, uh, I guess, that you could say were okay, but again, I cannot point my finger to any sequence in the game where I said, okay, you know what, that's something to build on for next week, or that was a, a bright spot in this game. I, I just can't, and, and you know, uh, hopefully I'm not being overly negative, but that's just the way I, I saw the game they were dominated you know essentially from the start of the game to the end of the game josh allen was was locked in you know he he completely shredded the zone defense of the raiders and he did some of the things that you know he he didn't look to make the big the big play at, at all times he was taking what the defense was giving him and, uh, you know, I'm hoping, I'm assuming Bills fans are hoping to see a lot more of that version of, of Josh Allen than the one they saw in week one. James Cook had a career day running the football and uh, they just weren't able to stop the run. Max Crosby, I've never seen him neutralize the, the way that he was. I've, I've just never seen that happen to him before. Um, at least I can't recall. Um, he was getting a lot of attention now. You know, he's getting chipped, tight ends, double teams, you name it. You know, he was, they were throwing it at him. And, uh, you know, he got zero help from from anyone else along that defensive line. And that could be, you know, something that Max is going to see a lot more going forward if they can't get anyone else on that defensive line to step up and give him a little bit of help. Now, offensively for the Raiders, obviously, you know, we, they couldn't run the football. And, and, and Garoppolo, you know, he turned the ball over two times, which. When you're playing a good team like Buffalo, playing from behind in some cases, you just you had no shot. So it was it was just uh, you know kind of a it was a recipe for disaster, really. Um, You know, looking at the much bigger picture here, the much broader picture, you know, I wouldn't be as concerned with with the bad loss like they just had on Sunday. Clearly, we all know Buffalo is the much better team. You know, I I wasn't surprised. I, I think. If you, you know, had this game on the schedule as a, as a win for the Raiders, then, you know, you're a much better fan than I am because this was not a game that I thought the Raiders would have much of a chance in. Um, but, you know, I think when you look at how this game went and, and you combine that with how the Raiders played in Week 1, which we know was not a work of art by any means, it was an ugly win... But it was a win. Uh, you could see that there were some signs there in week one, some signs of concerns, and then those those signs, you know, they they carried over those those concerns carried over again into week two against a much better team. And you know, we'll we'll see if they can get some of those things figured out here in week three against a, a Pittsburgh team who, you know, is has has shown some signs of their own of some some concerns as well. And you know, that kind of brings me to the next point that I want to talk about here, and that's two of the glaring issues that I have with this football team right now, and it's the play on both sides of the line uh in the trenches. And I thought that the loss to, to Buffalo really exposed some of those weaknesses that I want to talk about now. Starting with the offensive line. And I find this so interesting because last year, if you've been listening to the show, you know, for a while now, there were there were so many question marks with the offensive line but, you know, in the end, they played well, and as far as their run blocking was concerned, and that's really what I'm talking about, you know, specifically the run blocking, I thought they played well, and they overachieved last year, and, you know, they helped pave the way for Josh Jacobs to become the NFL's leading rusher last year, and sure, you know, some of that had to do with Josh Jacobs being able to, you know, break tackles and, and make people miss, but... You know, as far as run blocking is concerned, they played much better than I thought they would, and they they played much better than a lot of people thought they would. So you give them full credit for that. But but going into this season, I personally wasn't as worried about the offensive line. I did talk about the fact that they didn't really make any upgrades there. You know, with the exception of, of Van Rotten uh, um, making you know starting at right tackle for uh, Bars. Um, but they were, they ran it, they're were—they ran running it back with essentially the same group of guys. We did learn that they were very, very interested in Paris uh, Johnson, the tackle who was drafted by the Cardinals. The Cardinals traded up in front of the Raiders to, to select him. We learned from Peter King, who spent time in the Raiders draft room on draft night, that, that he was going to be the pick if he was there. So they did have plans to upgrade on the line, but it didn't happen. Uh, So, you know, the question I guess I'm asking you guys and the question I'm asking myself is, has the offensive line, this unit, have they come back down to earth, you know, this this year after greatly overachieving last year? Or, you know, am I and you and a lot of the other, you know, media out there, are they overreacting to to one, you know, really bad game by the offensive line? I'd, I'd like to hear your opinion on that. So please again contact me um, on the website, justpodbaby.com or, you know, send me a message uh, on on Twitter. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Now, I, I told you that I spent a lot of time this week watching the all twenty two and, and you know listen, I'm no tape guru. There's plenty of other guys out there that do that do that. So if you want to get a, a more in-depth breakdown and more of a professional insight Of offensive line play you could go there to get it but you know what i could see you know is that one of the issues that the offensive line is is being faced with right now is that there's there's a lack of respect for the passing game right now right i mean the bill's game plan on defense was was very obvious (laughs) and that was sell out against the run and do not allow josh jacobs to beat you so to be fair, it's not all on the offensive line. Part of the problem is that the Bills did not respect Jimmy Garoppolo. There were plenty of examples, go back and watch the tape, of loaded boxes, of of the safeties, you know, coming down into the box, playing close to the line of scrimmage, linebackers just shooting gaps, uh, you know, really, really aggressive linebacker play. And so that can be really, really tough on an offensive line. And, uh, you know, I I believe this, this will be something that opposing teams will look to try to replicate. Now that the film is out there. there, there's now a blueprint, not that it was a mystery. I think even, you know, novices like myself could could tell you that this was going to be a blueprint with J- Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback and 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 that is the problem because Garoppolo is known as more of a game manager you know he's not a guy who's going to beat you with a big arm he's not a, a quarterback you can expect you know 300 yards and and two to three touchdowns from it, that's just not his game. That just that's just not who he is right now. And if teams can make the Raiders one-dimensional like Buffalo did, and force Garoppolo to beat you, you know then, then the chances that you know you will have success against the Raiders are, are going to increase uh, pretty you know greatly, <laughs> to say the least. Now I have to take a closer look at the tape again, and and focus in on you know, the plays that are being ran on first down and second down, early down situations. Um, but I but I do think if I was to put, you know, some some ideas out there on, on how to improve this situation, maybe make yourself a little bit less predictable, you know. Um, I think that would be a good place to start. And I think you can do that by maybe throwing the ball a little bit more on first down, incorporating some play action in those early downs, using, you know, the quick, uh, the Quick pass game or the short pass game, maybe some screens. Although we did see a screen pass in Buffalo that was intercepted, but I think that was just a bad decision by Garoppolo. He should have thrown the ball down to the ground rather than trying to get it over defenders' hands. But you know, those are a couple of of ideas that I, that I am suggesting: attacking the edges more so, like we saw on that Trey Tucker jet sweep. I think incorporating some of that may, may be uh, beneficial as well, but. You know, McDaniels must change the game plan up when it's necessary. Um, The the game is, you know, NFL game is all about adjustments. You can complain, you know, about the offensive line and how they're not doing a good enough job. But, you know, the quarterback also plays a role in that. The, The defense has to fear the quarterback, you know uh and and you know and and then also the second part of that is you know the coach the coach needs to help out um both of these problems he needs to help out the quarterback and he needs to help out the offensive line by putting all of them in better situations so those are just a couple of suggestions that I'm putting out there again let me know what you think about those and then we're going to jump over to the defensive side of the ball now and you know talk about them a little bit here. Some of the concerns I have for them and maybe some of the changes that I would like to see on that side of the ball. We were told during training camp in preseason and let, you know, at, at least this is what was being reported and coaches talked about it as well that this, this group was going to be much deeper than last year, that it was going to be very competitive this year. And there was going to be some improvement this year. And right now I'm seeing anything. I'm not seeing it. I'm just not seeing a competitive, a deep, or an improved group. You know, I thought the linebackers were going to be a major problem. I've talked about the lack of depth and talent in the secondary, but I have been completely over or underwhelmed, I should say, by the defensive line. They were dominated by the Bills, um, and they don't really have a great offensive line themselves. I mean, I put some clips out there on on Twitter where the Raiders' defensive line was just being washed out, driven down the field four or five yards, and, and it happened multiple times. The interior portion of the defensive line is a big problem. The defensive tackles, we, we know this, right? They 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 just don't have the talent. Jerry Tillery, you know, Bilal Nichols, I'm not going to be overly critical of Byron Young, because he's a young player, but there there's just not a lot there right now. So I don't know necessarily if this problem can get fixed right now. They the Bills ran all over him, 183 yards on the ground. James Cook had a career day. Um, they don't generate uh, generate a pass rush either. This is just an ongoing problem with this team. Um, it's multi layered, you know. On top of that, because when they don't generate the pass rush, it it affects the secondary, and you know the, the the secondary players are expected to cover for for much longer than they're capable of, and it's it's a problem. And you know the secondary isn't a great cover uh, a, a man coverage team, so you know they're they're playing a lot of zone defense right now, and and you saw Josh Allen, he just ate that zone up, he picked it right apart. So lots of problems right now on the defense. One of the things that I would like to see on the defensive line. And again, I don't know if this thing can get fixed right now. Cause I just don't see the talent there. Um, and I know some people are already tossing out the idea of, um, canning, um, Patrick Graham, but you know, I don't know if that's the answer either, but you know, what about Nesta Jade Silvera? You know, a guy who we heard so much about in training camp. He's big, he's physical. He's a strong guy. You know, what do you have to lose at this point? Put him in there. He's been, he was inactive the first two games. You know, I would like to see him active. Give him a shot because, you know, what you have, what you're putting out there right now isn't getting it done. Put him out there. Um, I, I'd rather see him sooner, you know, rather than later. Put him in the rotation and, and give him a shot. Um so that that's my my two cents on that. Let me know what you think about all of this. I, I want to hear your opinion on what you think the Raiders need to do to get this thing fixed up here in a hurry. Okay, guys, time for me to jump to a break. Coming up after that break, we are going to begin looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers. They, too, have an offense that is struggling right now. They are not running the ball well like the Raiders. We will learn more, though, when our guest, Ray Paldo from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, joins us in segment two, Don't Go Anywhere. I am Evan Grote. You are listening to Just Pod Baby, part of SportsNot.com's podcast network. Welcome back, everybody. Week three of the National Football League is upon us. The Raiders take on a longtime AFC rival this week in the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday Night Football in prime time. The home opener for the Raiders. And before we bring in our guest this week, I was thinking about something. I'm curious if you guys uh, agree with me. I feel like the Raiders are heading into Week Three in a in a in a similar situation to what their opponent last week, the Buffalo Bills, were. You know, and if you think about it, the Raiders were beaten badly last week, embarrassed, right on the road. Uh, albeit against a team a much you know a far superior team in in Buffalo, but now they head home for the home opener, looking to get that bad taste out of their mouth. It's 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 exactly like what the Bills were going through through. You saw how the Bills responded to that. Let's see if the Raiders can do the same thing. I want to throw some stats out there for you regarding the Pittsburgh Steelers. Through two games offensively, Pittsburgh ranks 31st in total yards. They're 18th in passing. 31st in rushing and 32nd in points scored. So, um, really, really struggling on offense and on defense, they rake dead last against the run. So it's an interesting matchup with the Steelers in this game because both teams, you know, again, having some of the, the same struggles right now on both offense and defense. And, um, You know, If you were listening to the show just a couple weeks ago when I was kind of going through the first five games of the schedule, I said the Steelers, I expected them to be a surprise team this year in the AFC. I I really liked what they had on paper offensively. A lot of young talent there. Uh, I think I was drinking a little bit too much of the Kool-Aid as far as the preseason hype that that they were getting. They looked great in the preseason. I watched a couple of their... uh, Drives when the starters were in the game, and they and Pickett looked real good. They were really efficient. They scored touchdowns, and so I think I was drinking a little bit of that Kool Aid there, and uh, you know, and and I failed to realize that you know preseason football is one thing, but regular season football is a totally different different animal. And so you know, you're seeing some of those growing pains right now. Um, with the with the Steelers offense so it, it should be an interesting matchup. I do think it's a winnable game for the Raiders if there was ever a time for the Raiders uh, offense, the running game to get right, It would be against the Steelers' run defense, and if there was ever a time for the defense to have some success, it would be against the struggling uh, Steelers' offense. So I know a lot of Raider fans out there are being a bit negative right now, saying that uh, the the Raiders are going to be the Steelers' get-right team here. I see it the other way around. I think the Steelers could be the Raiders' get-right matchup here. But let's go out to the phone lines now, and let's get to our guest and welcome in uh, Ray who, uh who is joining us from Pittsburgh, Ray covers the Steelers for the po- Pittsburgh Post Gazette. He's on the line with us now, and Ray, we appreciate your time this evening, and we hope that you're doing well. Uh, and I have to say, you know, I'm I'm a bit surprised by the start that the Steelers are off to this year, one and one. They were able to pull off the win on Monday night, you know, to get to one and one. Uh, but, you know, offensively, things haven't looked real good. They're not in sync at all right now. So I want to begin with that side of the ball. And it, it just seems to me that when I look at that roster on paper, there's plenty of talent on the offense. They got some young players, but very talented players, none the least, uh, to say the least. And, and some former first-round draft picks, Kenny Pickett, he looked really good during the preseason games. Um, but, you know, uh, in your assessment, what, what has been the problem in the first two weeks for the Steelers and and why had they struggled to find success on offense?
0: Uh, really everything. They can't run the ball. They're 31st in the league in rushing, uh, you know, the offensive line has done a decent job of protecting Kenny Pickett, but you know, they're getting the ball out of his hands really fast too. And they're not really asking that line, um, you know, to protect for four or five seconds. Um, the passing game has been out of sync. I guess if you want to look for one positive, Evan, they have been able to pop some big plays. I mean, 71-yard touchdown pass to George Pickens kind of, um, kept them in that game early, um, against the Browns before the, the, the defense could, could win it. So, I mean, it hasn't been good. I know the the Raiders have some of their own struggles on offense too. It's kind of a, um, you know, kind of a weird game in, in that way that both offenses are struggling so bad, but um, you know, maybe the Raiders are catching them at a good time. I I don't know that this offense um, is going to find its way out of this anytime
1: soon. Yeah. You mentioned the Raiders offensive numbers, you know, aren't aren't much better. Um, So, so this is definitely a game that could, could lack some fireworks. Uh, I just want to kind of go over some of those numbers again. You mentioned some of them with Pittsburgh offense. They ranked thirty first in total yards, eighteenth in passing, thirty first in rushing, and and thirty second in points per game. So so based on those numbers, um, and, and again, and the talent that I believe is on that side of the ball. I know Deontay Jones is or Johnson. I'm sorry is is injured right now. But there's there's a lot of talent there. How much of the responsibility does the offensive coordinator Matt Canada bear for the struggles, and, and does he survive if these continues uh, these these struggles continue?
0: Yeah, I mean I I think he does. He's in year three now, um, you know. So having the offense down um, shouldn't be an issue for these guys. You know, I think he got a pass in his first year because that was the final year of Ben Ben Roethlisberger's career. And, um, you know, by the end there, Ben was kind of a shadow of of his former self. And then you go to last season, um, you know, rookie quarterback. um, You bring in a lot of new players. You know, George Pickens was a rookie. Um, A lot of guys were, were, were very young. And, I mean, I get it. They're still a very young offense. You can go up and down that offensive line and the in the skill position players and there's a lot of guys who are 25 26 and younger but it's year three now for Matt Canada and the results just haven't been there so you know the Steelers aren't an organization that's uh you know going to make a change in season unless it's absolutely necessary but you know based on what's happened the last couple of years and how the season started I don't know if you could roll that out either. Yeah, you you
1: mentioned it the uh Steelers are an organization who has been real patient with with coaches. They they they're not known to to fire coaches uh mid-season. They they tend to uh, you know, give them a chance to try to figure things out. You know, I mentioned at the top that I was quite surprised by the start of the Steelers. You know, how surprised are you by by the team struggling so badly out of the gate, you know, considering that when if you go back to last season, the Steelers won six of their final seven games uh, to, to almost make it to the playoffs. So, so things were really trending in the right direction uh, going into the training camp for them. Again, I thought they had a really good preseason as well. I imagine that that has caught a lot of the fan base and maybe even some of the people who cover the team off guard. What's your take on that?
0: Yeah, I mean, you go back and look at how they won late last season. It was with the defense. Um, I think all but one of those victories, they held their opponent to 17 points or fewer. So we all know this team is built around the defense. And I think the defense is going to be fine this year. They had a rough first outing against the 49ers. But all signs point to this unit, Um, you know, being a top 10-ish type of unit pretty much across the board. Um, You know, we'll see if they can um, withstand the loss of, of Cam Hayward. We'll see if some other guys can step up, but they got a lot of really good players who can help them win games. Um, the second component of how they won games late, late last season was the running game. Um, it was really non-existent in the first half of the season when they started two and six, um, but they averaged 146 yards per game over the final nine games. And uh, that, that was a big part of their success. So, um, you know, control the clock keep your defense off the field, um, win low-scoring games. I mean, you look at that Raider game last year. um, You know, that that game was in the balance until the very end, and Kenny Pickett finds George Pickens in the back of the end zone there for for the winning score. So they won a bunch of games like that late in the season. So um, why they can't do that again this year, I I don't know. It's kind of a mystery here. They're kind of searching for answers, but uh, they just haven't been able – Finding an, off, an offensive
1: rhythm just yet. So you know, I wanted to follow up with some of your comments there about the defense. You know, you, as we know traditionally, the, the the Steelers are you know built around having a a stout defense, and um, you know right now uh, you know stopping the run is, is a problem for them. It, it sounds like what you're telling me is you still think this defense is is pretty good despite the the uh issues are having stopping the run is it more of a product of they just ran into a couple good teams that have you know uh you know Christian McCaffrey had a big day you know 49ers have a really good run, running game the browns prior to Nick Chubb leaving the game you know he he was having some success so is it a product of just facing some good running attacks or uh
0: is is the run defense actually that poor uh they've had issues with the run defense going back the last couple of years so it has been an ongoing issue. I'm not going to tell you what's good. It hasn't been, uh, it hasn't been good. Uh, however, uh, McCaffrey popped a 65 yard run against them and, uh, Jerome Ford pops, I think a 69 or 79 yard run, run against them. So, you know, it hasn't been like they were completely gashed every single game. You know, they've had their moments, um, especially against the Browns where they kind of, you know, they stood up and and got some stops and, you know, they were able to get off the field. So, um, uh, you know, again, you know, Cam Hayward was a big part of that defense. He's going to be out probably until around Thanksgiving. So they got to see some young guys like DeMarvin Layal, Isaiah Loudermilk, uh, rookie Keanu Benton. Uh, they, they need guys like that to step up and to grow up real quick. So um, I still think they're kind of finding their way in that regard, but when you have T.J. Watt out there making plays, scoring touchdowns, when you have Alex Highsmith doing what he did last week, when you have Minka Fitzpatrick playing the way he is, and I, I don't even think Minka's playing great yet. You no, know, he's he got banged up the other night. Um, he, he's going to play on Sunday, but he's not even um, you know where he where everyone thinks he's going to be. So when you have all pros and former all pros on your defense. Those guys tend to uh, stand up and make plays, and uh, I I think in the end, despite the poorest run defense, this is still going to be a unit with a lot of playmakers that uh, can make some game-changing
1: types of plays. Our guest this week on Just Pod Baby is Ray Fedopaldo, who covers uh, the Steelers for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. You know, I, I talked about some of the struggles that this team is having. Do you get a sense, you know, you're you're around the team a lot in the locker room and whatnot, do you get a sense of frustration starting to mount at all in that locker room? You know, um, I imagine the fan base is getting a bit restless, and you know, so the pressure is starting to mount a bit for the players. Uh, are, are they feeling any of that? You know, what are the players and coaches saying right now?
0: Yeah, there's nothing outwardly that uh, they've said. Um you know, there's no pointing fingers. There's nobody uh, has come out and said it's Kenny Pickett's fault or it's Matt Canada's fault. That'll, all that type of stuff, um, you know, is going on in the fan base and, um, you know, the media. But uh, we haven't been, um, you know, they they haven't uh, said that so far. Anyone in that locker room or the coaches haven't said that. So, obviously, you know, they're keeping that to themselves. Uh, you know, I think there's frustration with this offense going back the last couple of years, eventually they're going to have to get it turned around. You know, what they did late last season, going seven and two down the stretch, winning all those types of close games, that was a good formula for them last year. But I think everyone agreed that if they were going to take the next step and become a legitimate playoff contender, they needed Pickett to step up and be better than he has been. They need that offense to step up and be better than it has been. And we just haven't seen that yet. So until that happens, I think there's going to be a lot of questions about the Steelers team. You know, I think if you want to look at the big picture and uh, how maybe uh, they're a little bit fortunate now, you know, uh, they're going to the Raiders, who have their own struggles. The week after that, they go to Houston, which doesn't have a win yet, and then they get the Ravens at home. And, uh, you know, so they do have a chance to maybe – um, you know, if they can find their footing a little bit and continue to win games, um, you know, it might not hurt them too much in the standings. Having said that, we all know their history with, with the Raiders. They haven't won out there since 1995. Um, I know it's a different venue now, but they've always found, found ways to lose, um, against the Raiders in Oakland, um, in LA for that matter. So we'll see if a different venue changes, uh, their fortunes, but, uh, you know, I, I I guess the one positive for the Steelers is they're going to be playing a couple of opponents in the next couple of weeks that are like them, and if they can get wins, I think that'll um, you know that'll be something that uh, keeps them in the playoff race for now.
1: You know, th- this past week the Raiders, um, they they traveled to Buffalo and, and lost badly to the Bills, and and it was obvious from the start of the game that the Bills' defensive game plan was to. Uh, try to eliminate uh, Josh Jacobs, and I, I think no. that is a blueprint that other teams, if they're watching the film, which I I know they are, <laughs> if they're watching the film, that's a blueprint to to have success against this Raiders offense. You know, forcing Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, to try to beat you with his arm is that something that you know you expect the uh the Steelers to to employ a, a similar game plan what what are you uh hearing from from coaches and and what they might be trying to do against the Raiders here this week
0: yeah I mean it's it's a copycat league and you know if you're not doing that then you're 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 not doing your job if you're defensive coordinator Tara Austin um you know their their job, number one job every single week, is to stop the run, and they haven't been able to do that yet. Now, luckily for them, um, against the Browns, they caught a couple of um, game changing plays from Alex Highsmith and T.J. Watt. And really, when you 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 break it down, that was the the difference in the game. So um, they have to stop the run. Jacobs is a very good running back. Um, you know, I don't know if the Raiders overall offensive line wise is as good as, as the Browns, but uh, Jacobs has done it for a long time now, and the Steelers know it's going to be a chore to stop him. So as long as Jacobs um, is, is moving the ball, let's say he has 90 yards, 100 rushing yards, I think it's going to be a close game, but if the Steelers can kind of control him, you know, keep him under 80, 85 yards, I think they'll improve their chances of winning if they do
1: that. Yeah, it should be an interesting game. Uh, you know, we talked about it, both teams dealing with some of the the same issues right now. Uh, somebody has to come out victorious, so it should be an interesting game. Ray, we appreciate the time you spent with us this evening, and I and I hope you enjoy your time uh, covering the game in Las Vegas. Thanks again.
0: Anytime, I appreciate
1: it. All right, Ray Fidalgo, there with the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, and um, one of the things I want to point out, you know, from our conversation, that's got me. Thinking a little bit harder is, you know, as I was recording the show here tonight, I was thinking about how, you know, the defense, or excuse me, the the Raiders offense should be able to find success. If there was a week that they would find success against a defense, it would be this week against Pittsburgh. But, you know, he did remind me that this this Steelers defense does have some really good players on there. He mentioned former All-Pros, TJ Watt. Of course, I didn't forget about TJ Watt, but, you know, there is a lot of talent there. And eventually... They're going to get it together because that's what good players do. There's too much talent over there. Minka Fitzpatrick, he mentioned. High towers having a good season. TJ Watt. So um, you know, it's going to be a challenge for this offense once again. We'll see if they're able to run the ball. He another thing that he pointed out to me that I thought made a lot of sense is he mentioned the big plays. That the defense did allow, uh, which you know might have inflated those numbers a little bit, but they still gave up those runs. He mentioned a 65-yarder by McCaffrey, and then uh, a 70-yarder by Ford with the Browns. So, you know, if they can limit the Raiders from getting big plays, and perhaps that run defense numbers will look a little bit better at the end of the day. Okay, that does it for this week's show. Those of you on the East Coast, you might need to get a late afternoon nap in on sunday to make it through that game uh sunday evening and that might be the plan for me it it makes for a really tough uh sunday uh, monday morning but anyways thanks again for joining me this week on the show please subscribe to the podcast anywhere you get your podcast from of course i'll be back again same time same day next week until then enjoy your weekend raider nation and as always just win baby